Good health is a crown worn by the healthy that only the ill can see. Your health really is your wealth. Join us for the next hour as we explore disease and attaining and maintaining good health. This is Dischem Medical Monday, brought to you by Dischem. Better health starts here. I'm ready. <laughs> Born ready, apparently 101.9 High FM. I'm Kathy Kayla, and welcome to Dischem Medical Monday. Today is Monday, the 26th. No, it's not. It's the 22nd of January. It's actually day 74 of January. That's how it feels. The 74th of January. Could we please just introduce that? Because it just goes on and on and on. Looking very forward to uh, my speaking to my guest. Because I think that if I was having more sleep, and if you were having more sleep, I think that the world would look like a different place. Wouldn't it? I just, I just do. You know, here we sit in a beautiful city. Johannesburg, southern tip of Africa, today reaching a high of 26 degrees. It looks absolutely clear. I drove to the studio this morning. Few, few of your beautiful, puffy, cumulus clouds. And I just thought, a perfect world. But I just need more sleep. And I'm not sure why I'm not getting enough sleep. I am going to bed on time. And I'm sure that it's a lot for you. A lot with, well, very similar for you as well. Because, you know, over the last few months, since the 7th of October, certainly um, my sleep patterns have changed a lot. I know why they've changed. Um, I suspect that a lot more has changed than I'm actually picking up. So my very wonderful, wonderful, awesome producer, Harry Slick Seleke, uh, said, you know what, we need, to, we need to talk about sleep. We need to talk about, yeah, quality of sleep, the effect of trauma on sleep, how you, you can even diagnose uh, to some degree trauma from sleeplessness. So joining me right now is a sleep coach. He's a sleep health coach and his name is Jan Daniel Ace. Good morning. How are you? Morning, Kathy. You can call me JD. <laughs> JD. Okay. JD Ace. Yeah. It's much shorter and easier. <laughs> okay. Very good. You look well rested actually. Yeah, I am. I am well rested. Uh, I have a, a good night's sleep. Luckily, I know what to do. <laughs> is <laughs> it so true? I'm, yeah, no sleep. Sleep is important. So how many hours sleep a night do you get, J.D.? Um, I get between about six and seven hours of sleep. Uh, that's when I feel well rested. I wake up every morning without an alarm clock unless I have something earlier to do. But I wake up. I wake up when I, you know, have done sleeping, done right. with sleep. I know sometimes, yeah, my circadian rhythm is set up in such a way that I wake up without an alarm clock. Okay, so if you've got any questions, by the way, about sleep, then get in touch with us. Yeah. And how to do that? You can uh, send us a, a text on three four five one nine. That's on SMS, or you can send us a telegram on zero six one. Eight nine five one zero one nine. If you've got any questions about sleep, and uh, I'm speaking to JD Ace, we're talking about sleep. We're talking about sleep hygiene, about how many hours you need. I know that I can't sleep for periods longer than four hours, and I'm not sure why. That's always just been my thing. So, on average, how do we know, or how, how many hours does the average person need sleep? Okay. Um, so the books and statistics um, uh, academics say that we need between about six and nine hours as adults 
Um, obviously, when we grow older, we can get away with less sleep. And when we are younger, like children, school-going children, primary school, you know, pre-teen and teen years, we need a lot more sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's something that's close to my heart in terms of the amount of sleep that children get. It's not enough. How much of that of our sleep habits are developed in childhood? You know, you got, you got parents who, you know, when, when it's shh, 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 the baby's sleeping and the baby needs absolute silence to sleep. And you've got other mm-hmm. parents who are quite happy to schlep their children around and the baby has to fit in with all the noise happening in the house. Um, mm-hmm. How much of our sleep routines and habits or our needs, I don't know, is, is there such a thing as sleep needs? Um, yeah developed during childhood well it's from from birth actually in in, um, in vitro as well you know um, uh, pre-born babies or born babies just newborn babies sleep that's what they literally sleep eat and you know dirty their nappies they that's that's what they designed to do but as we grow older uh, and we realize that uh, there is not much literature. I mean, everybody told us how to eat healthy and when to exercise and the importance of that. But nobody taught us how to sleep and what important sleep plays in our roles, you know, in our um, well-being. Mm. And uh, because it's been always been such a natural thing, you know, babies sleep naturally. But as we grow older, life happens. Um, and then we've got more stuff to do. We're living in a modern environment and so on with, with a lot of pressures and, and challenges. And that, that influences our sleep. If we run out of time, where's the first place we take time from? It's sleep time. We take sleep time away. And that then becomes a behavior. And that behavior becomes ingrinding us. And that's the way we live our lives. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so it is. It is both from a behavioural point of view and a society point of view. I mean, in the old days, uh, we bragged about how less sleep we could get. You know, how how with let, how little sleep we could get away from. We bragged about it. Are you kidding? And I that, used to go from that, the nightclub. I used to go from nightclubbing. I used to go straight to work. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, me too. I still we have were, stamps yeah. on my wrist you know, from the nightclub. You know, it was a terrible thing if, if, if sleep interfered with my social life. You know, never mind academic life and all of that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. so what I was saying is, you know, you would it be better if, just taking a step back, raise, when it comes to raising our children, right, is it better to raise babies if we are developing our habits and our, um, our sleep habits? As babies, is it better to take the approach of shh, shh, be quiet, everybody quiet because the baby's sleeping? Mm. Or is it better to mm. let there be noise so that you're training your child at an early age to sleep through noise and interruption? Remember, babies, babies need to grow. And I'm talking about newborn babies. They yeah. will sleep. Okay, They need to sleep. And, and as far as I understand, the, 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 uh, if we looking to sleep quality and the quality of sleep it needs to be relatively quiet that's a sleep environment it's part of sleep hygiene 
and um, uh, you know many people uh, who has babies at home now uh, babies can tolerate quite a lot of noise but obviously not gunshots and hard no. music and all of that yeah no know, I, but, I don't uh, imagine that that would be like <laughs> honey yeah, go get your gun the yeah. kid's gone to sleep no, but 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 young children playing and shouting obviously we need to live around that you know we need to live around that yeah. um, a young child of two years old or three years old is not going to understand if little brother and sister needs to sleep now you know so we can't you know it's 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 a practical it's it won't necessarily the point i'm trying to make is is that too much noise will disturb our sleep and sure. i'm talking about too much too much okay, and, okay. And, but within and, reason it's, it's not, not bad yeah within reason obviously yes okay and, and the other point i want to make sorry kathy yeah, i no just need to make another in terms of in terms of a baby's sleep remember babies will sleep naturally they are literally made to sleep but as one grows older and the kids are going to the uh, to the uh, you know to crash and to to primary school, that's when their sleep training needs to start. In terms of the, they need to understand the importance of sleep. There's too many too many parents who send their young children to bed at the same time as they are going to bed. You know, uh, and I'm specifically talking about school-going children, primary school. They, they, they are kids who goes who go to bed with their mobile phones and their tablets at nine o'clock at night, and then we expect them to get up and be awake by six. Yeah, it's simply not on. You know, uh, children needs about ten to twelve hours of sleep, and I'm talking about young school school-going children. Yeah, yeah. I think it changes because um, I think that our circadian rhythms change as our bodies change um, in adolescence, right? Um, adolescence need yeah, and more our sleep quality as well. Our yeah. circadian rhythm change, our physiology change, especially in teens. You know, that's a dramatic thing for 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 teenagers. All of a sudden, they sleep more, and they sleep a lot, and it's just simply. A circadian change as well as a homeostatic sleep quality change. You know, how they change their their bodies from more sleep where they have to get used to little sleep and so on. Uh, right. Where they are transitioning into adulthood. Right. So sleep is something for the body, but it's mainly for the brain. Um it's it's, it's a way that no, the brain both. can it can detox exactly. And you know, yeah, in the teenage brain they've they've got that whole pruning process that's happening. And that's why it's yes, so important. It is, it is. But 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 sleep is also important for physiological health. Remember that's the only if we go into slow wave sleep or deep sleep, children need a lot more slow wave or deep sleep. Yeah. And this is this is something I can carry on for a day. I can talk about this for a day, but to keep it short, deep sleep, non-REM deep sleep or slow wave sleep is important for physiological and how our organs work, all our organs, and anatomical our organs itself, for that to take a rest. Okay. Our hearts sleeps. Well, it beats slower only in slow wave sleep. 
we secrete, especially for children. Remember, we children releases the growth hormone in deep sleep. It's extremely, it literally keeps us alive. Right. You know, it's an important thing. So, 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 and then, then the REM sleep is then again um, important. It's actually a very active sleep. Although we sleep deep, it is a very active sleep. Can carry on about that for a day as well. But uh, okay, so um, before we carry, that's also important. Yeah. Okay, so sorry, you wanted to. No problem. Um, I wanted to specifically talk about the impact of trauma on sleep. But even before we get there, um, I want to talk about just general sleep hygiene that we should all have in place um, because sleep is so important. So uh, we're going to come back to you. We've got to we've got to play some ads. But uh, just if you've just joined me, my guest is J.D. Ace. He's a sleep health coach. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the importance of sleep. Uh, and is very very important but what I found is that no matter and I don't think that it's just me I've you know just anecdotally I've been speaking to friends and saying you know since the 7th of October since these terrible terrible um, I mean really we are a global community that has been plunged into this traumatic space the stories that we're hearing both from friends from family from people that we know um, about what has happened to people that we know who you know who were or are living in Israel who were kidnapped it has most definitely put us into this traumatized space and one thing that certainly my circle of influence which is quite a big circle because there's different groups and different uh, networks that I'm part of everybody's reporting the same thing that they can't sleep longer than two hours a night so where they were sleeping for much longer, they were sleeping more fitfully, they just can't. And they're up, they sleep maybe an hour, they get up, they pace, they do whatever, they just they lie in bed staring at the roof, they can't sleep. So that is obviously trauma, but is there a way to overcome that? And what are the things that we can employ in, in our own routines that will support better sleep? especially at this time where we can't change our realities. But we can try and set new targets, maybe. Right? My name is Kathy Kayla. This is Diskim Medical Monday. My guest is JD Ace. If you want to get in touch, if you've got any questions, then please do on 34519. That is the text line. Or 061-895-1019 on Telegram. So uh, Diskim Wellness Clinic for Adults offers convenient and professional care to help you manage health risks. But you already knew that, right? Of course you did. Whether you're having your regular wellness checks, such as blood pressure or cholesterol, Diskem Wellness Clinics offer you a broad range of health screening services, including female health screening with pap smears, family planning and pregnancy screening. It's fast, it's affordable, and it's done with the utmost care. Find your nearest Diskem Wellness Clinic inside Diskem Pharmacies. Better health starts here. This is Medical Monday, brought to you with the compliments of Diskem. Better health starts here. Better everything starts here, actually, with this game. <laughs> I absolutely love this game. A trolley <laughs> up and down the aisles, for sure. Anyhow, that's when I'm awake. But when I'm asleep, I dream about it, right? <laughs> There's certain places that are just very, very happy places. 
I'm Kathy Kayla. This is the Diskem Medical Monday show brought to you with the compliments of Diskem. And today we're talking about sleep. We're talking about the, the impact of trauma on sleep. And uh, just to give us like a really basic idea is uh, JD Ace. He's a sleep health coach. Can you believe we live in a society where we have to have sleep health coaches? And it's so important that we are able to actually you know, get good good night's sleep, right? Because otherwise, think of it like this. If you don't get enough sleep, in a nutshell, think of it, your brain is like a computer, right? If you worked on a computer, if you haven't done a defrag or a disc cleanup, right? All the thoughts, everything that you've had during the day, it actually creates a, a toxicity. And your body needs sleep in order to clear that. So if you didn't do a cleanup on your computer, your computer is going to be very slow. And I'm talking about your actual computer, your hardware. Your computer is going to be slow. It's going to lag. You're going to phone up your IT guy and he's going to say, you know what, have you run disk cleanup? Have you run a disk defrag? And you'll say no. And you'll say do it. And your computer will run perfectly. Why? Because it's got rid of all those misplaced files. And it's the same thing that, oh, excuse me, that happens with us and sleep, right? When we go to sleep, it is our opportunity for our body to detoxify our brain. And if you don't go through that detox process, you can die. People who have, I think that there's, there's some gamers actually who have played um, online games for so long that they, they died because they didn't sleep from, from sleep deprivation. Isn't that just tragic? So it's very, very important. Um, JD, when, before, we, before we played those ads, um, I was asking you if you can just please define for us sleep hygiene and what are the things that we need to have. Uh, as a basic for good sleep trauma aside okay okay Kathy and uh, it's a good point that you're making because and I'm, I'm glad you want to talk about trauma and sleep uh, I just want to say the sleep hygiene part is important to maintain good sleep okay but if we're going through trauma, okay, let me start it this way. Sleep hygiene is there. It's like good eating habits. So in terms of sleep hygiene, we need to, number one, the first rule is make enough time for sleep. Okay, book about eight hours per night out for sleep, roughly. Okay, right. make enough time. Then, then, then we have to set an environment that's sleep-inducing, and that's what it's all about. Behavior and environment. That's what sleep hygiene is all about. Um, switch the lights off at about an hour before bedtime. Let the melatonin start to decrease. Um, I can carry on about this. Take the so television. Okay. Take the television out of your bedroom. It's probably killing your love life yeah, as well. That's, that's, anyway. Yeah, when, yeah so... so, so Reduce the light, the light in the house about an hour, you know, as dark as you possibly practically can. Um, don't exercise too close before bedtime. And rather exercise 
during the morning. And this brings me to another important step of uh, thing quickly. What we do during the day will dictate how we sleep at night. What goes on in our brains during the day will dictate how we sleep at night. Love okay? it, yes. So that's number one. So, so get enough sunlight. How many of us, either working from our work or working in a, in a, in a commercial block of offices, don't get enough sunlight, especially winter? So get out at tea time. Just go out for 10 minutes and take a walk around the complex or the block or outside in the sun or whatever. Just get that sunlight without sunglasses, okay? Get that sunlight. And, and also go for a hot shower or a bath, also about an hour before bedtime. Not that right before. Treat secrete aid in melatonin secretion. Now, melatonin is not designed to help us fall asleep. Melatonin is designed to help us experience good quality sleep. Okay? That's sleep hygiene in a nutshell. If we talk about trauma and sleep, it's a whole different ball game. Sleep hygiene is important. But uh, trauma and sleep is practically coinciding with insomnia or insomnia-like symptoms. And we talk about acute insomnia, yes. okay? If we talk about trauma and sleep, I don't know one, if you, can I carry on? Can I talk about trauma and sleep? Definitely. Because it's normal. Definitely. normal I'll, I'll tell you what, before, before we get into trauma and sleep, um, I've got some messages coming through from listeners. So if yeah, we can, sure, if sure, we can... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm actually thinking we're going to hold this over. We're going to hold over the questions. If you've got any questions for my for my guest, J.D. Ace, then um, send them through on 34519. That is the text line or 061-895-1019. We will get to that, but I did say that it's very important that we want to talk about trauma, the imp- impact of trauma on sleep, which is ultimately going to put us at a disadvantage. It's, n- it's, not, it's not healthy to not have enough sleep. You know, ask uh, parents of a newborn baby, and um, yeah. So send through your questions, and we will get to them. All right. But right now, let's uh, let's talk about the impact of trauma on sleep and sleep on trauma. Okay. So obviously, um, if I can give you some background in terms of trauma and sleep, if we firstly talk about trauma, obviously trauma, whether it's macroeconomic or macrosocial issues or something personal in our lives or whatever the case may be, trauma is trauma, okay? And trauma is there to literally tell us something is wrong, I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to die, things are not right. Then we experience physical and emotional, okay, physical, not in bleeding and blood and brains and stuff all over the place, but I'm talking about physiological trauma in terms of we secreting a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and that is not sleep inducive we've got to get that straight on right it's far too flat experience trauma we got to live through that punches we've got to roll with that punches and we can expect that we are not going to sleep well because our bodies are designed that way. Number one. Number two, the number one biggest mistake that people make, and I see that in my practice every single two or three times a day, people experiencing trauma is trying too hard to sleep. 
and it's not going to happen. The harder you try to sleep, the less you will sleep, you will ache, and you will release extra cortisol and, and adrenaline, and you will make yourself more anxious, and you deserve better than that. Okay. So what do Having we do? Having said that. Yeah. What do we do <laughs> then? Yeah. Okay. So. Read so, the entire um, internet. So, so in my practice, in my practice, we we treat insomnia with what we call, and your maybe your guests can go Google this if they want to, um, or YouTube it. It's called cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia. Okay, it is currently the golden standard worldwide to treat insomnia, and um, it's 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 first line treatment. What does that mean? England, first line treatment means it is if you are diagnosed with an illness or a pathology, you there is a certain standard practical way to treat insomnia or to treat a condition. For instance, if you have a bacterial infection, you get some kind of antibiotics. If you can't see, you get glasses. If you you know and so on. So first, CBTI is is the first line treatment. It's not here in South Africa yet, okay, but it's old treatment. I, I practice CBTI in my practice. Um, I just want to just want to make sure that everybody knows that it's the most effective way of treating chronic insomnia. Okay, so I, I don't understand the, what you just said. You said it's not in South Africa, but you said that you do it in your practice. Yeah, it's not well known in South Africa. Oh, it's not well known. Not oh, well, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what we get practicality is a, a general practitioner or a physician or will prescribe sleep medication long term where uh, they use that as first line treatment okay? okay but to get back to get back to to the to the to CBTI and the way we treat insomnia and and how we deal with trauma is number one except number one except that your sleep will be negatively impact, impacted. That's number one. Number two is do not lie in bed trying to sleep. Don't, don't lie in bed trying to sleep. That's extreme because there's a condition that is called conditioned arousal. It's based on Ivan Pavlov's theory of classical conditioning. What happens is your brain starting to associate your bed as a place to worry think trying to sleep anxious anxiety um, bad negative emotions and it pays your brain pays your bed as a place to sleep uh, to be awake rather than to be asleep so where do you go to you can go to what we call a cozy nest in your living room or on a couch and just spend time there and here's the other thing that i need to make very clear is because we're going through a trauma, our brains need that time to think. It needs that time to go to that negative place, those negative emotions, and, and working through it. Process. We need, yeah, to process it. We need to worry. So, what are we actually doing? We're spending time at work, we, the family is there, and everything that happens. Now it's sleep time because tomorrow we've got a big day and I've got these things in my head carrying on in the background, this trauma. And, but I need to sleep and I'm not going to because my brain needs to work on those issues. Except 
that you are probably going to sleep less when you experience trauma. It's going to pass. That trauma will pass. And I promise that we will get so tired that we are going to uh, uh, tired in terms of adrenaline levels and our homeostatic sleep drive that we're going to get our sleep back. But we need to protect ourselves to develop chronic insomnia. Chronic insomnia is the big mother of sleep illnesses in the world. Right, that's so we've got we, acute, acute, which is, you know, often situational, right? Yes. Something's happened yes. and you can't sleep. Chronic is when it's long term. Yes. Um, okay, so before yes. we talk about the chronic, Carol has message. She said, good morning. She said, I'm a 77-year young female. I need to have a good eight to nine hour sleep at night. Otherwise, I'm useless during the day. Yes, me too. Well, actually, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to answer that because I only ever have four hours of sleep. <laughs> she goes on to say, I need to add that I have no problem sleeping. I can sleep for eight hours with no problem at all. Is this normal? So what do you, th- what do you say to Carol, JD? Well, the, 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 the big way, I didn't hear now correctly that she said, how, many, how much sleep does she currently produce? Eight to how much eight eight hours, and she has that without any problem, which I'm so envious of. Actually. Okay, so 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 that's that's normal. That's perfect. Well, uh, there you go. You see, you're perfect. Complaint? No complaint. She just does wanted she to know energy? if it was normal. That's normal. It's perfect. It's see, perfect. Well done. Nice? You see, you yeah. know what? It's let, nice to have let, a nice-looking man tell you that you're perfect, <laughs> <laughs> Carol Kruger. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I just wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna maybe just comment on that. Is is if she feels good in the morning when she wakes up, and I'm talking about physiological goodness. You know, you know that. When you get up and you, you, you know you had a good night's rest. You feel ready you feel for the well day. feel well rested. Yeah, that's it. Then you know you had a good night's sleep. Yeah. Simple as that. Okay. Um, unsigned Thanks. also messaging says, Hi, Kathy. How is the pattern of sleep, sleep affected when one is in pain and takes medication? I think that that is a fantastic, fantastic um, <clears throat> question because you can either be having too much sleep depending on how much medication you're taking some medications are just going to mm. knock you out for four days. And then you have, mm. um, you know, the, the actual pain factor where you might want to try and limit mm. your medication. No, it's, that's, still, that's still something we all struggle with in, 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 in practice because it's this fine line be- between the effectiveness of sleep medication and I presume, and this is a big presumption, I presume a pain is chronic. And I presume that we are talking about uh, a condition called fibromyalgia. Uh, fibromyalgia. Okay, it's, it's a chronic pain that, yeah. Um, that's a presumption because, you know, that or something like lupus also has the same impact, you know, in terms of pain. Um, that's a tough cookie to because, because some medications chronically can affect our pain, obviously. Um, and also our sleep quality in terms of the effectiveness of deep sleep and REM sleep. Okay, uh, so so the prescription of medication is obviously outside of my scope of pre- practice. I'm a mental health worker. Um, so so that's the, if she sees a gynecologist or a pain specialist. I don't know where she lives. Well, we don't uh, know if this is male or female. 
Yeah. It just says yeah, how is the pattern of, how or pa- how is the pattern of sleep affected yeah. when one is in pain yeah, is. and takes medication. So I imagine that it would it be so if you're, your pain could either be problem. keeping you up or your medication could be making you sleep for too long. In which case yeah. you you're missing in out this, on a big part of life. In cases like this, the pain number one, the pain needs to be managed. Okay, with medication or with physiotherapy or chiropractic, you know, the pain needs to be managed. Obviously. And that will remember what happens during the day will help our sleep at night. So if the pain is managed during the day, then the pain should be managed during the night as well. If you wake up from too much pain, if you wake up from too much pain, that's a priority. The pain needs to be solved, not the sleeping problem. Obviously, it impacts the, the sleep, but. The sleep needs to be needs to be. Oh, the pain needs to be solved, and the best way to do that with the technology we have today, this you know twentieth century, is pain medication, effective pain medication. Yeah, another. So 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 it it it, it will have a small impact. Um, it will have a small impact in some medications, and um, but that's it, it's still better than nothing, you know. JD, you, can't, a, you can't expect your body to sleep if you have pain. There's another message here from Annie, and Annie wants to know, why do I wake up at around 2 o'clock every morning? Well, <laughs> it's like, there could it's be like so many answers to that, why Annie. <laughs> so many answers. There's a lot of reasons. So, so, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so, so yeah, there's obviously there's a lot of reasons, but let's, let's make another presumption. Let's say, let's see, she doesn't know, she doesn't know why she wakes up yeah. in the morning, okay? Yeah. This, it's not babies, not dogs, not traffic, okay? That is you, what, what we need to, there's many reasons, there's many reasons. It can be her homeostatic sleep drive, it can be an airway problem, it can be medication, but it's usually a behavioral issue. Usually a behavioral, and and there's lots of things that that we need to solve um, in terms of trying to trying to get to what the reasons are. And how we do it in practice is um, calculate how much time she sleeps. I know your listener needs to listen to this to 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 solve that. And this is a quick fix. Okay, this is not therapy, but first of all, see how much sleep she produces. Five at least four or five hours, okay? Um, if she were... Oh dear, we seem to have lost that connection anyhow. anyhow. If you've got any questions, you can uh, get in touch with in touch with me, send your questions through on SMS, and that number is 34519. Those SMSs are charged at VAS rates. You can also send me a telegram on 061-895- 1019. I'm Kathy Kayla. This is the Diskem Medical Monday. We're talking about sleep. We're talking about the impact of trauma on your sleep. How do you how do you fix it? How do you get back to some kind of normal where you are supporting your body optimally for you know where you can start processing that trauma? How do you do it if you can't if you can't sleep? If you are you know, basically sleepless in Seattle. So um, my guest this morning oh, is J.D. Ace. 
and uh, he is a sleep health coach. So just very, very briefly, I just want to sum up. Everything starts with your basic sleep hygiene. What does sleep hygiene mean? It means be consistent. Go to bed at the same time every night. You are training your body, right? So if you normally go to bed at 9.30, go to bed at 9.30. Try not to go to bed at 11 o'clock one night and 8 o'clock the next night. And, you know, you want to try and keep it as normal as possible, as as reg. Um, as consistent that's the word um two make sure that your bedroom is quiet make sure that it is dark that it's relaxing that it's a comfortable temperature don't work in bed i know that there are some of us who say that we do our best work in bed because that's the best thing we've got our little laptop we take our laptop and there we are we're writing we're doing whatever we have to do it's really that's something that maybe i need to change as well um the third thing is remove electronic devices such as televisions computers smartphones from the bedroom aside from being you know romance killers they are you know if they give off this they emit this blue light which interferes with your brain and makes you not want to sleep um you should also avoid large meals caffeine and alcohol before bedtime get some exercise but don't exercise up to an hour before you go to sleep and don't take a, a hot shower or a hot bath up to an hour before you go to sleep. Body temperature is also very important. Make sure that you are cool. It's going to be very, very hard to fall asleep if you are hot and sweaty. And uh, something else that um, that JD was saying is that you should... What, what happens during the day determines on the quality of sleep you have at night. So if you are active, if you are exercising, if you feel like you've had a productive day, it's going to have a very positive effect on your sleep. However, if you are traumatized, what often happens during trauma is that you might go to work, you're going through the motions, it looks like you're there but you're not there. Instead of getting things done, you end up moving things around your desk and you're physically present, but you're actually not present. You are not effective. And that is part of trauma. And it's okay because it'll pass. Right? There are different stages of trauma um, and it will pass. So with that, let's get back to JD who's with us. And uh, at least, yes, I hope. So, JD, we're going to have to um, wrap up. Was that was that a good summary, by the way, of uh, of? Yeah. Okay. Yes. While we were trying to get. No, you it's back. perfect. The, yes. Yeah. No, it's sleep hygiene is 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 important, and um, and another important practical way is that thirty to sixty minute buffer before you go to bed. You know, switch the lights off. Count your blessings. Whether you only, if you are alone and you've got, you always have, at the fact that you are breathing is a blessing, you know. So count your blessings and and set up that buffer time before bedtime and then wake up at the same time in the morning as well, you know. Um, that's, that's, that's quite important as well, circadian rhythm. Yeah, also if you're waking up at 10 o'clock in the morning, Half the day is gone, firstly, and then you will sleep yeah. later at night. If you, The earlier you wake up, yeah. the earlier you'll need to go to sleep and the earlier you'll be tired. 
That's true, but that's a pathology as well. Uh, it's called the circadian rhythm disorder, yes. what we call delayed sleep crisis. And there's quite a lot of people who suffer from it, you know. Um, just the point of the matter is, in conclusion, there's help out there, you know. <laughs> if you've got a sleeping problem, there's help. Yeah, but just get the basics right. You know, I see a lot of... Um, yes, get the basics right. Right, and it could be breathing techniques. Uh, it could be white noise. You know, I see a lot on, on YouTube. You can go and get 12 hours of white noise um, because sometimes mm. that can be more comforting. Uh, it could be, you could find mm. the sound of crickets comforting. Um, you know, yeah. So just get all the basics done. So in terms of the trauma, Cathy, uh, there's a lot of YouTube videos on how to deal with trauma and sleep as well. We do it in our practice as well. The important matter is roll with the punches. It will go over. Prevent chronic insomnia by not spending time in bed when you worry. That's the most important. And get out of bed and do something relaxing don't work don't go onto emails to subtract your mind from what's bothering you but that's deal so much easier problem. jd it's so and much easier than waking up the neighbors and waking up a partner you know wake up the whole household i want to play monopoly no you don't have to wake up the whole house you just get out of bed you go to a quiet place and you sit with your problem write out the journal write out what's bothering you deal with it if you need to go see someone go see someone but deal yeah. with it yeah. Outside of the bed. JD, you will get tired enough to probably. Yeah. JD, thank you so much. Thank you for your time today. And uh, it's been very enjoyable speaking to you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye -bye. That is JD Ace. And he is a sleep health coach. I hope that today the information has helped you. And I hope that you will get better sleep. What I'm going to be investigating with you is somatic trauma therapy it's called somatic trauma therapy and it is something that i have been using very successfully to deal with trauma it's the nature of life there's not one person who escapes life without having some form of trauma and i'm not minimizing trauma because it is unique to each one of us but we are going to get somebody on to talk about somatic trauma therapy basically what is it, what it is is using different techniques it's using sound it's using breathing it's using all sorts of things all sorts of um, modalities all combined and what it teaches you to do is put your body to sleep so that your mind can deal with the trauma without your body going into fight or flight because true trauma, that's what happens. The minute you start, you know, if you go to um, a psychologist and you, you start talking about the trauma, your body goes into that fight or flight mode. And that's where you get expressions of anger or resentment or whatever your reaction is to that trauma. So in the next few weeks, we are going to be dealing with that. I wish you a wonderful week, a healthy week, a good week where we are able to just separate from our own traumas, where we are able to look at the world and say, you know what, there is so much good in the world. It's a beautiful day. It is a beautiful life. 
just breathe. And I wish you a good night's sleep. Thank you so much to uh, Slick Seleki, my producer. Thank you so much to Diskem for sponsoring this show. And thank you for joining me. God bless. I'll be back next week. Bye.